Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Sphere and then we discuss it. This is page 919. Mine, Mellowin said firmly, does not. It is convenient to have one's own troop, Alvarin said gently, and more convenient to have several than one can choose the proper entertainment to accompany whatever event you might be hosting. Where do you think the musicians at our wedding came from? When Melwin's expression did not soften, Alvarin continued, They're not permitted to perform anything body or heathen, dear. I keep them under most close controlment. And rest assured, no town in my lands would let a troop perform unless they had a noble's writ with them. Alvarin turned back to me, which brings us back to the matter at hand. How did you come to have their writ? The troop must be doing poorly without it. I hesitated. With Melwin here, I was unsure as to the best way to approach the subject. I'd planned on speaking to the mayor alone. They are, your grace. They were killed. The mayor showed no surprise. I thought as much. Such things are unfortunate, but they happen from time to time. Mellowin's eyes flashed. I'd give a great deal to see them happen more often. Have you any idea who killed them? The mayor asked. In a certain manner of speaking, your grace. He raised his eyebrows expectantly. Well then? I did. You did what? I sighed. I killed the men carrying that writ, your grace. He stiffened in his seat. What? They had kidnapped a pair of girls from a town they passed through. I paused, looking for a delicate way of saying it, in front of Mellowin. They were young girls, your grace, and the men were not kind to them. I'm about to sneeze. Nope. Okay, fine. Mellowin's expression already hard, grew cold as ice at this. But before she could speak, Alvarin demanded incredulously, And you took it on yourself to kill them? An entire troop of performers I had given license to? He rubbed his forehead. How many were there? Nine. Good lord. I think he did right, Mellowin said hotly. I say you give him a score of guards and let him do the same to every rabble band of rye he finds within your lands. My dear, Alvarin said with a touch of sternness, I don't care for them much more than you, but law is law. When? That's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. Mello is awful dramatic about this. And the only, like, like an irrational hatred, right, of, of, uh, of traveling musicians to the point where she's like immediately like, yes, you should go and exterminate all of them. This is a great opportunity. Like, it's a little bit petulant. It's a little bit childish. But if she truly believes that the same thing has happened to those girls happened to her sister, I can kind of see where she might be coming from. If she actually believes that like all musicians are like this, they're all just like going through towns, kidnapping girls, ruining families. And the other piece is that uh, I don't know if this is a fact, but uh, I sort of believe that uh, Natalia Lackless, the sister, was the one who was set to inherit. And if so, Mellowin like maybe resents that she's the one who had to be thrust into the the leadership position of the the family. Maybe or kind feels of like, guilt about the fact that now that she inherited what her sister was due to inherit because of this unfortunate mishap. Scare quotes around that. Yeah, and it does make me think that it's not like her in denial. It may, does make me think that she actually does think that her sister was like carried off in the middle of the night and ravished rather I mean, than like, yes, gave but up I think intentionally that, her. 
her life to go marry someone. Well, here's the thing. I don't think that it falls within the her worldview that it's possible for a person of decent breeding to genuinely fall in love with a subhuman rabble. Like, I don't think she believes that's possible. Uh, right, that's a good point. So that's the only explanation. Plus, of course, yeah, there's the... only the, explanation for the, it. He must have carried her off. Yeah, plus there's the, you know, even deeper violation, not just of, like, you know, violating someone's bodily autonomy, but violating the uh, the sacred <laughs> the sacred structure of rank. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it deeply offensive to her worldview. Um, and, like, she is, like, bloodthirsty, right? She's, like, she keeps saying, like, as soon as Quoth says, I killed some troopers. And also, we have to put it that even before Quoth says, well, they were going by Ra, but they weren't really Ra, blah, blah, blah. She assumes that they were Ra and starts using racial slurs about them. Because I think she thinks that all all traveling musicians are raw, right? She doesn't really make a distinction there, but she thinks that these people were raw and that they deserve to die because of it. Like she is a bigot down to her bones. And it's interesting over the next few pages to see like her kind of venomous, almost like over the top bigotry compared to the mayor's somewhat more genteel, uh, scare quotes liberal bigotry where he's like look I don't like them but you know the law says we got to treat them like this and blah 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 like she doesn't care like you know she would be putting on a clan hood and riding around setting fire to buildings you know if she could yeah and it's convenient to keep them around you know what if I yeah, need they to have throw their a party uses. they yeah. have their uses what you know as long as they know their place and don't get up jumped you know like I think it's it's interesting to keep an eye on how the mayor thinks about the Ra and how he reacts to what Quoth is telling him. Um, and by extension, how the nobility perceive the Ra troops. Or not just the Ra, like any troops, right? Uh, well, not just the mayor, it, but like, like, it's the other side of the of the, of the picture. Yes, yes. And it's convenient that the mayor <laughs> that feels like he has to mansplain it. No doubt Meloin actually understands this, but... Uh, he, yeah, she's just doesn't care, right? And she's angry enough that she's like, "I don't, you know, I don't care why people keep them around. Like it's disgusting." Mm-hmm. And then we, the, the we, the listeners, get to have this explanation given to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he also like has some kind of interesting justifications. You know, I don't let them perform anything body or heathen. I keep them under most close controlment. So. And no one would let a troop perform unless they had a noble's writ, right? So, like, there are... He places limits on the raw troops in his lands that I think we can assume are not applied everywhere, right? Because he's making a point of them. So, he he lets them perform, but he treats them more strictly than some, maybe, like, some noble in the Commonwealth might. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it's illegal to perform unless you have a writ also. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we get the sense from what Quoth has told us about the the way the Ruh make their living is that like not everybody does have a writ from a lord and they're still able to make a living performing. I think, you know, I think that you're kind of better off if you're under a lord's patronage than if you're not. Uh, another thing I want to kind of call attention to in this next section is Quoth is in the position of being a minority 
a racial minority who's kind of invisible unless he makes himself known, uh, which is it's that's different from the way that like racism affects people of color in a white dominated society. Right. Like, in, and then, you know, and then, of course, we get into the question of like, you know, can you pass? Right. There's lots, lots of, you know, black people who, you know, in the past and in the present could like pass as white. And like that affords you a certain kind of privilege. And like Foth has passing privilege right like he i think the ra are more kind of like you know jewish people in that sense or like queer people in that you don't know he's raw until he tells you and then i think a lot of the prejudice that is shown to him in this passage is a result of the fact that mellowin and alvaron feel deceived by him like you didn't tell us that you were raw you know, you lied to us. We let you into our house. We talked to you like a person, you know? So like, it's a very specific kind of bigotry against the Ruh that, that is, that is comparable to specific real world bigotries. And I find that kind of interesting. It's also kind of just generally upsetting. Yes, of course. I, uh, sorry. I thought that went without saying, but yes. No, it does. I'm just sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I don't want to eat eat the lunch of two pages from now, but I, I do think that Quoth's ultimate reaction and the way this scene goes down is, like, unfortunate, but I really can't blame him for the way he reacts. Like, I, I think he does, he could not do otherwise. Yeah, I agree. Is there anything well, else? Well, or at least I agree right now. We haven't read the page yet, so I don't know if I agree. But I think I agree. Well, that's uh, as good as uh, planting a flag in the ground when in Jordana town. Mm-hmm. She's like almost not <laughs> touching the fence at all. I'm like still higher up on the fence than I was the last time we discussed how close to the fence I was. Like instead of having a hand on the fence, I have like like... I'm doing like the standing side splits, so like one of my feet is still up on the fence. That's very impressive. Thank you. Excuse me. I can't actually do standing side splits, but I can get close. Perhaps one day. We have a letter if we have time. By all means. Do it. This is from Often Nathan, who writes Greetings, Jardanic. On page 903, there's a great deal of discussion about Quoth's no win situation when deciding to go see the mayor in his road worn state or to put off the meeting so he can bathe first. I agree that there's no good option in this situation. However, this is a situation of his own making. Quoth knows enough about the mayor that he should have anticipated the possibility he would be summoned before having a chance to get cleaned up. Had he taken the time to go to Severin Low, he could have had a bath and even purchased a change of clothes before going to court. It would have made Quoth's arrival and entrance to court go more smoothly, even if the mayor didn't call on him. I haven't read ahead to confirm, but it occurred to me that the news of the false troop had three extra days to get to the mayor while Quoth was stuck in his rooms waiting for the mayor to get over his tantrum. Often, looking forward to the remaining pages, signed Often Nathan. Mm, hindsight is twenty twenty, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like, well, that's a good observation. I wonder if the news ever would have made it to the mayor. Like, obviously, we, we, will, we, don't, we don't know. But it didn't come to him in the three extra days. Uh... It, it does come to him shortly afterwards, though. He gets independent confirmation of of what has happened. Does he? Oh. Yes, he does. Um, so he does find out eventually. 
Um, and it's pretty clear that it was Quoth who done did it. Um, <laughs> this is one of those things where like at a certain point, it doesn't really profit me to think about what a character could have done because they couldn't have done it because someone wrote them doing the thing they did do. You know what I mean? Um, and like, I, I think the character wise, it doesn't super make sense for Quoth to go to Severin Low and like rent a room if nothing else, because Quoth like is kind of a penny pincher, he knows the value of a dollar, and he's like he knows he's got a f- free place to stay at the mayor's court. And I don't know if I do think it's reasonable for him to assume that the mayor's going to want to see him right away, because the mayor often makes him wait around, right? So why would the mayor want to see him necessarily see him right this very instant? Okay, wait, we're we're missing an option here, and that is that he could both penny pinch and go to the mayor's. And also be dressed and ready for when the mayor comes calling, because the reason the mayor knew he was there to begin with was because he sent a note to Stapes. If he had just had a bath first and no, then no, sent a note no, to no, Stapes. No, 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 Foth arrives, calls servants for a bath, and then Stapes shows up at his door. And he says, shows the up because knows- he, sa- he sent a thing. He sent a thing to Stapes. He sent a, he sent a ring to Stapes. Yep, Jordan's right. Ha! If he had just waited and sent that ring later, Stapes wouldn't have showed up as soon. He could have had his bath and been dressed. I don't think that's true. It, it is! Nick verified well, I'm gonna it. it. And then I gotta find out for myself. Just accept that you're wrong. Okay, yeah, th- then you know what? You're right. I accept that I'm wrong because I read it in the book. Fine. And you know what? You're right. And Quoth shouldn't have done that. Thank you. <laughs> that's all I want to hear. Jeremy, right. there's, there's a question on the Discord for you. Have you ever listened to the audiobooks? No. Okay, well, apparently your Lenati innkeeper is very similar to Nick Padell's uh, Lenati innkeeper, so they were just there uh, you wondering. Go. We all know yeah. instinctively what a Lenati sounds like. You should definitely be in House of Gucci with that, Jeremy. <laughs> I would have loved to be in a House of Gucci. They are very rich. Uh, listeners, we will uh, join in the House of Gucci in tomorrow's episode of a page. Over the wind. How about you? Wait, before we go, Jordana has to do it too. Over, over the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao, listeners. Ciao. <laughs>